Welcome to Make Dance Fun, the podcast from Confetti on the Dance Floor that's all about adding fun, festiveness, and a little fancy to your dance studio. In each episode, we'll be sharing tips, tricks, and tools that have helped us run a successful business for almost three decades. I'm Becca Moore. And I'm Danny Rosenberg. Together, we own Rhythm Dance Center, where we are known for our fun and energetic atmosphere. In addition, we created Confetti on the Dance Floor to inspire dance teachers and studio owners through our fun products, creative ideas, engaging blog posts, and now this podcast. So let's get started and make dance fun. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of the Make Dance Fun podcast. Today, we are going to answer some of the questions that we've recently received and thought it might be fun and beneficial to share answers with all of you. But before we begin, we want to share another awesome review with everybody. This one is from D. Doherty and says, she says, I'm always looking for ways to make my dance studio more fun and colorful, and these ladies know how to bring the color fun. Listening to their podcast jazzes me and gets me excited in the classroom. We all know that if the studio owner and teachers are energized, the entire school is. That is for sure. Keep the episodes coming. I can't wait to see what's next. Thank you so much, Dee Doherty, for that great, great review. You are so correct in keeping the your teachers energized. Um, please be sure to message us on Instagram, Facebook, or you can email us at funbegins at confettionthedancefloor.com with your mailing address so we can send you a fun confetti prize in the mail. So we get messages pretty often with questions about how we do certain things at Rhythm. So we thought it might be fun to read some of these questions here and share our answers with all of you. And these questions are kind of all over the place. So (laughs) you're going to get lots of different topics here. All right. So I'm going to start. The first question we got was, do you design a new step and repeat for all your events? So the answer to this is no, we don't design a new one for all of our events, but we do create a new step and repeat each year for the theme of our show. That's always been like a big thing for us. We love doing that. We've been doing it for forever. Like I just get generally really excited about creating a new one. I would be literally bored out of my mind (laughs) if I had to use the same step and repeat for every thing. That's just me though. Like if you do that, that's awesome. That's what I'm saying. That's just me. Becca gets bored with things every 25 minutes. Pretty I much. Do. <laughs> I do. I, I it's like, not uncommon. I, yeah, I need, I need to just change things up. <laughs> um, so, so this is definitely an extra expense because obviously if you have some amazing step and repeat that you can use, for all your events and all your shows, and you love it, then you should do that because that is awesome. We don't do that. We make a new one for every show. But um, I, I think we talked about this in our branding podcast, but we like to use, like, we create a new, not, we don't create a new logo for every year, but we do like for our Frozen, our theme is frozen this year and we'll put our logo in a snowflake and the year it was Wonka we put it in a piece of candy so we're always gonna have like if our theme this year frozen our step and repeat is gonna be like blue obviously (laughs) so our we do have a couple of step and repeats that we use on the regular that are just really fun rhythm ones that are very very colorful And we will also use those, but we typically use those, like, for example, where our, in our show lobby, like, 
where we have the table set up for where you would come to buy your t-shirt or ask a question about the show or pick up a ticket or whatever. I feel like we usually put our colorful step and repeat like behind that table. And then we use our custom new step and repeat for the show as a, as a legit photo op area. We did create a new step and repeat for our holiday show this year. And that's the first well, time we've the ever. the first one. Yeah. Yeah. We've never, we've had a holiday show for as long as I can remember. And we've never had a step and repeat there. Or if we have, it's just been the plain rhythm one. I was going to say a lot of times we don't even take our rhythm one. It's just such a quick in and yeah, out Yeah. It's usually just a smaller show. But um, we did create one this year for a holiday show that will, that our show is called Dancing in a Rhythm Wonderland. And it's always called that. So we now have that that we can use for every year. And then we also created a couple of years ago some of the retractable banners. Um, They're just in a colorful, fun, bright rhythm logos. And those have been really awesome. We've used those so much. So that's something I would recommend adding to your step and repeat collection or branding. Yeah, the retractable banners are awesome because they fold up in their little bags. So they're really easy to transport and throw in the back of your car and take somewhere. But then when you pull it out, it's so colorful and great. Yeah. Um, Also, as far as the design, I usually design them along with our graphic designer. And then we use our printer here in Atlanta to have them made. And then another tip, we've been using the um, fabric ones for a while for about maybe what, maybe like three years, I think. Mm -hmm. And we really like them because they don't have like the vinyl ones. Sometimes you get a a little bit of a glare. And also when you fold them, they, the wrinkles kind of stay in them or ours did. I don't know, maybe, maybe they don't. We're storing them wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I think they're supposed to be rolled up. I don't think they probably are. (laughs) But um, the, the fabric ones are great because they don't have the wrinkles and they don't have the glare. So I hope this answers your question. Basically, we don't create a new one for every event we do, but we do create a new one each year for our year-end show, and we have quite the collection in our storage room. Um, So the second question was, where do you store your preschool props and how do you keep them organized? That is a very (laughs) good question. How do we keep them organized? We're working towards, we are a work in progress at all times. Always. But seriously, we've always had a large supply of preschool props. Even back when Becca and I were teaching all the preschool classes like 500 years ago, we felt the need to have every prop and every, anything we could find that we thought would be right in a preschool class. We had it. We had the tiniest little studio, but we shoved everything into a bin or a basket and either shoved it under the table where the sound system was, or we shoved it in the nearest closet and pulled it out for every class. And that pretty much became the course of action for a lot of years. Um, But since we revamped Twirl several years ago, we decided that it was definitely necessary to really get organized with our props. um, Since each lesson was so different and was going to require quick and easy access to everything. So we invested in a couple of big white cabinets with double doors to make sure that they close so you can hide things when they're not perfect. And we placed them in each of the studios where we had any twirl classes. And we've actually narrowed that down to just two studios now. We had three studios, but we've just got those classes happening in two studios now, which is great. Um, we place a big order at the beginning of the season with Oriental Trading or any of the other places that we order props from. Um, we do that at the beginning of the season with our preschool teachers. And we made it a goal to get the cabinets organized so that everything was right where it needed to be. And when I think about it now, I feel like when we first 
got everything organized. It was almost like our own version of the home edit, if you guys know what the home edit is. But it was long before the home edit was even a thing. Yeah, but we're not say- we're not saying we're like the home edit. No, 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 no. We were we were when we did the cabinets the first time. It was really kind of fun. We were color coordinating everything. It was really, really cute. Yeah, and we did do that. Organized. Everything but was in we're its place. Still not like the home edit. No, we just were for like a day. <laughs> we aspire um, to be like them. If you guys don't know what the home edit is, you need to watch it. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Check it out. Um, but yeah, everything had a, had its own place. We had a small bin for stickers. We had a small and for little rhinestones to put on their twirl ribbons. We had a place for wow cards, for wands, and literally everything in between. Um, that was the honestly the fun and easy part, I thought it was, of getting it all organized. But obviously, keeping it organized has been a challenge and continues to be a challenge. But I do think our preschool teachers are really good and committed to putting everything back where it's supposed to be after class. Um, no, it's not perfect, but it definitely works. They know where to go to find their props. They know where to put them back. And then at the beginning of the, each new season, we go through everything. We throw away anything that maybe didn't get used or give away anything that didn't get used or maybe things that got used a little too much and need to be replenished. Um, we'll go through and reorder and start from scratch for the new year. Um, but we actually did a blog post a couple of years ago about all of this and we can we can link it in the show notes so that you can check out the photos because the cabinets really did look awesome when we first did them. And like I said, they're great now. Not quite as great, but work in progress. <laughs> okay, so the next question we're going to answer is, how do you run your twirl program and how often do you have a twirl week? So we probably need an entire twirl podcast if you don't know what twirl is. Twirl is our preschool program that we sell, and we actually created Twirl specifically for Rhythm about 15 years ago. Danny, is that how long? I don't know. A long time yeah, ago. So about 14, 15 years ago. Um, and so then when we started Confetti on the dance floor about six years ago, five years ago, five, six years ago, mm-hmm. five years ago, five. we rebranded it and we now offer it to dance studios everywhere. So Twirl is just, like I said, it's the thing that we created for Rhythm. We created it very specifically for Rhythm, and then we rebranded it when we started to sell it. But um, it's not a curriculum. We like to describe it as having a dance party in your class about once a month. And like Danny mentioned, we have our Twirl cabinet in each Twirl studio where we store their workbooks and we also store the props. And then also, like Danny said, we have lots of decor And we have them in the closets. We have decor all over at Rhythm Dance Center. (laughs) We have a lot of storage. Like we have a shed behind our studio that has a ton of stuff in it. We have... You can barely walk inside of it. (laughs) Yes, that is very true. We have a storage closet in our main twirl studio. And that was reorganized this past summer. And it is still organized. You FYI. can still walk in that one. Yeah, that one has really stayed stayed strong. Um, and it has most, I would say it has a lot of the decor. Like Danny said, the props are usually, most of them are in the, in the uh, cabinet. But in this closet, there's a lot of the decor that our preschool teachers use to decorate the studio when we have the twirl weeks. And then we also have two storage rooms that we rent. <laughs> And one of those is kind of big and it has like all of our stuff where we store like the stuff that we use year after year for our recitals and for our company parties. And then the other one has fabric 
all fabric for costumes. So much fabric. Okay, I'm getting off topic here. So back to twirl and um, how we run that program and how we how often we have twirl weeks. Um, so we have the decor that they use to decorate about once a month. Basically, we could go into a really long answer for this. So I'm really just going to try to stick to this this question. But our preschool director and our preschool staff, they get together at the beginning of the season and they plan out all the twirl weeks based on our calendar. So there's about 10 twirl weeks. Is that right, Danny? Yes. 10 twirl weeks. Yes. And um, they like they try to make it be about once a month. Sometimes it may be a once about every three weeks, just depending like depending on when we're closed or what we have going on. But we basically try to do it about once a month, but they have it really organized. And then we use MailChimp to send out specific emails to our twirl classes. And at the beginning of the season, we let them know when the twirl weeks are, what the theme is going to be so that they can keep that and they'll know. But then they also get reminders the week prior that says, you know, this week the theme is going to be mermaids or whatever. And that way the kids can dress up in the theme if they want. And then they also take tons of photos during twirl weeks and then send out a follow-up email after each twirl week with a lot of the fun fo- fun photos from the week. And the parents love it. It kind of keeps them up to date on what is happening in the class. And that's worked out really, really well. Um, so our preschool director and our studio manager, Krista, they do an awesome job. It's really them. It's Jenny and Krista that really make all that magic happen because... Um, and they're they're awesome. They have it. They have it down. Uh, if you want to check out the hashtag Rhythm Twirl on Instagram, you can kind of see a little bit of what we do and a little bit of the decor. And I recommend creating a hashtag for your preschool program at your studio if you can, because it's a great way to show potential clients what you do in your program. I can't tell you how many times that we'll say, yeah, go check out Rhythm Twirl on Instagram. And then you can see kind of what we do in our class. And it's been a really great way to showcase our preschool program. And okay, like I said, I feel like the twirl thing could be a whole episode. So we're going to add that to our podcast calendar for sometime soon. Um, Another question that we received is for your invitation only classes, do you list them publicly on your website or do you keep them private and only for those that are actually invited to the classes? So if you've heard us talk before, you know that we, you may know that we have um, quite a few invitation only classes. We have an entire spotlight program that has a lot of kids, almost 100 kids, maybe even more. Um, We have five different levels of age ranges. And then we have a group called Petite Pizzazz. We have two of those classes and they're all invitation only, meaning that we have all of our teachers recommend dancers from all of the classes that they teach. Anybody that they see, you know, that may have a little bit stronger focus, or they have a facility that they feel like, you know, will will progress and or they just have a great personality and a love of dance. It's very obvious they love dance. So anyways, we have these invitation only classes, but we do list them publicly on our schedule on our website, we we make sure that we note that those classes are invitation only classes. So it's very obvious on our website. Um, we have a full description of these groups and or these classes so that our customers are educated on everything that we offer. And every now and then we may end up with somebody that accidentally registers for one of those classes. But 
Krista, our studio manager, just kindly responds and lets them know that that class is not an option for them at this time. Um, no big deal. And she'll help them find another class. I just I think having those classes listed on your website with a description sparks interest and encourages people to reach out to you and find out what it's all about. We are completely transparent. And we explain how we select the dancers. We talk, we talk about the whole process with them for, for those classes. And we encourage their dancers to work hard if that's something that they may be interested in the future. But it's all open for everybody to see. Yes. Also, I'm just going to go back really quick and say um, those classes, uh, the Spotlight and Petite Pizzazz, we talked about those, I think, in our podcast, um, our first, was it a summer podcast, Danny? It's like the summer. I think it's the summer podcast, part one and part two. Um, And that is, so if you haven't listened to those episodes, check them out because that's how we have a really, really successful summer because our only requirement for our invitation only classes is that they take one of our summer dance camps. And we have probably almost 200 kids in those programs. And so that's automatically 200 kids that are going to be taking our summer camps. Anyway, check out those podcasts if you haven't already. Okay, so our next question that we're going to answer that we got is, how often do you meet with your team? We have a weekly staff meeting on Mondays with our key staff, and we've been doing this meeting for a really long time. And it is a definite necessity to keep all the things at Rhythm moving. We have an awesome team. Everyone is really great at their job. And this obviously contributes to our success and our weekly. So the weekly meeting, it includes our company directors, obviously Danny and I, um, our studio manager, Krista, our convention and competition registration manager, and our COO slash HR person who is Shelly, who also runs Confetti on the Dance Floor. And Shelly's a busy girl. She is busy. <laughs> everybody on our everybody on our um, staff yes, is busy. We're sure. all busy. Uh, and we usually so what usually happens on Monday is we kind of go through all the things that we need to go through. And then depending on what we have going on, Danny and I usually schedule more meetings during the week, just so that we can dive in deeper to certain things. For example, if there's like a summer thing going on, and Emily is our connection director, but she's also our summer camp director. So like we may need to sit down and have like a 30, 45 minute with her meeting with her. And so on Monday, we'll schedule that for later in the week, just depending on what we have going on. And then we communicate with our full staff through base camp, just like with, you know, little notifications about what they need to know. And then we'll hold several full staff meetings per year. And for our for our Monday staff meeting, it's mostly in person, although we do Zoom sometimes, just depending on what's going on. Uh, but we've for our full staff meetings this year, we've been doing th- those pretty much all on Zoom. And I will say that that is something that I do enjoy on Zoom. And I think everyone does because it's just really convenient. And I think we'll continue to use this going forward just because more people can attend. I mean, even if they're driving, they can, you know, tune in in their car because everyone has such busy schedules. Yeah, it's always so hard to schedule everybody together. So it has been that has been helpful as much as we don't like Zoom. And I don't care if we never hear the word Zoom again. It has been beneficial for staff. Yes, it's been great. So, yeah. So basically we have one meeting per week. And I would say our Monday meeting lasts about 
an hour an and a half. Hour, Sometimes it's hour, a little longer, but it can be yeah. about an hour. Yeah. We're pretty good at it. I feel we're pretty efficient with that now these days. Yes, we have it down. We have a system. And the last question we're going to answer is somebody said, I noticed you've been advertising your frozen recital and just wondered how you guys are making it work this year. That has been a challenge, but yes, we have been advertising. We made the decision back in the fall that we were going to have a year-end show one way or another. We did not know how we were going to do it, but we were going to figure it out. So we just, we, we weren't content with letting another year pass by with our dancers missing out on all of the joy that the show brings to everyone, not just the kids, but their families as well. We've probably said this before, but our show is our favorite thing that we do all year. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I it mean, is the biggest highlight, 100%. It's our biggest highlight. We always say it's our, it's the best marketing that we could ever do for our studio. It's the pinnacle of your year. So obviously, like last year was so hard. Uh, so we're making yeah, it happen we, this year. We were not going to let that happen again. So we went into it confidently. We were confident in getting our dancers and families excited about the opportunity yet to be on stage again, even when we really weren't sure how it was going to work. Um, for months now, we've been holding on to the hope of having our shows in this beautiful new theater that we were able to use a couple of years ago. Um, but we also knew that we had to have plans B, C, and D waiting in the wings. And we started working on plans B, C, and D back in the fall. We had to have a backup plan. So we reached out months ago to several hotels and um, venues with convention space. I think several several studios are looking into that type of thing. In, in their specific areas. And we actually got really lucky. And while I got a lot of no's and not available responses, we were able to book a really awesome conference center right near the studio. And it's in an awesome area. Everybody loves it. At this point in the year, we knew it wasn't going to happen at the theater. And literally just this week, we made it official and shared the news that we, with our whole studio, that we're going to be in this new um, in this conference center. So we're super excited about the space. It's a huge space. There's plenty of dressing space. We're able to work things out um, restriction-wise, COVID restriction-wise, where it will be beneficial and safe for everybody. So the feedback we've gotten so far has been amazing. And everyone's just so excited to have a place that they can safely hold their shows and get their kids on stage and finish out the year as they're supposed to. Um, we could definitely talk about this and this whole process and what we've gone through and how we're getting it all organized and the production side of things. So we can talk about it for a long time. So keep an eye out for a future episode or two with some more recital talk. Yeah, so I feel like in every single question that we said that Dady and I finished our little section by saying, we could make this into a whole episode. <laughs> so, Danny, now we have five new ideas for full episodes. Perfect. So anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed getting some of these answers to some of these great questions and found them helpful. And we're always happy to answer your questions. Obviously, we're happy to share what works and doesn't work for us at Rhythm and help guide you if we can. So feel free to email us or DM us or send us a Facebook message. Or also you can post in our private Facebook group. That's where some of these questions came from too. And you can find that on our website on the Confetti Circle page or just search for Confetti on the Dance Floor in Facebook and request to join the group. So don't forget, if you're loving this podcast, please consider giving 
giving us a five-star rating and we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. And remember, we choose one review each week to share with everyone and send you a fun confetti prize in the mail. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Have a great, great week.